What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Corner of Gray Street podcast. I'm your host, Bruce, and joining me this week is Mr. Vacation himself, Nolan. Welcome back, my friend. Oh, thanks, Bruce. I wish I could say it's good to be back, uh, but I wish I was still on vacation. And uh, it is good to be talking to you, though, and we've got some good stuff to talk about our favorite band, the Dave Matthews Band this week. So I wish I was doing this from Italy, but we will move on. Would you say that you had a good, good time? I'd say I had a great, great time, and I ate too much pasta. Oh, well played. (laughs) Thank you. Well played. But yes, indeed, we do have a lot to jump into this week. We had four more shows for the Dave Matthews Band, but they started this week in Clarkston, Michigan at the DTE Energy Music Center. And Nolan, do we have much to say about that show? We do not have much to say about this show other than unique opener. So much to say into anyone seen the bridge, into too much. A great way to start the show and a great way to start our podcast, as you just heard. Yes, exactly. I mean, that would be... You know, something that you could see open a show anytime and you'd be fairly fine with it. Um, The rest of the show, just fairly standard for the 2019 summer tour. Probably a solid show for those there in attendance. And um, then the band jumped on up to old Canada eh? at the Budweiser stage in Toronto. And one of Nolan's favorite openers of all time returned to open that show. That girl is you. How about that, bud? Oh, yeah. Man, actually, I remember our first reaction when we heard the song or like the leaked version of the song for the album, Come Tomorrow, and we were like, <laughs> what is this? Please, God, no. But it has, we, we did, thought we fake. thought it was 100% fake with the wailing uh, from David J. Matthews, but I I really like it live, I'm not going to lie. The buildup is tremendous. Um, the horns are great, and I just wish the horns were like that on the album, um, as I do with several songs uh, in recent years on recent albums. Yeah, I agree. I think that it should have been you know more of a full band tune on the album, but you know Dave does what Dave does, and can't argue with that. Um, and yeah, this seems like another standard 2019 show. Really, not much uh, standing out here to me. Um, We don't have a tape of it, but alas, we move on to another one of the big three venues or big four or big five, whichever ones you count in. And it's DMB's return to Saratoga Springs. SPAC, baby. And Nolan, you were back in the States for these, I believe. Is that correct? It's showtime now talking about SPAC. I might just, oh, crack open a beer uh, to enjoy these highlights coming at you wow that was a great sound too i mean that was clutch i hope that you enjoy your fresca oh my fresca or my highland brewing seasonal wanderlush hazy adventure ale well i mean i don't know of anyone that got married there are you sure did you forget that's yeah i did (laughs) forget i also forgot the lyrics to two step there yes you did Oh, man. But oh, what a great, that was, that was a great call to bring a brew in for the Saratoga 
review here that we've got going. And I really miss SPAC. I only went once and it was in 2012. It was a blast. Um, got a bunch of friends up there and a bunch of friends that ended up going to this and that were sending me messages, pictures, sort of reviews. Um, I just, I, it was a weekend of jealousy and that didn't, that wasn't just because the Dave Matthews band was performing, but, um, one day you and I will definitely have to we go. We have to go. We'll have to. I've never yeah. been. And we'll have to take the families up there. I'm the most jealous. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, um, I thought that this was a very appropriate way to open a SPAC weekend, honestly, with Squirm opening, um, back to returning opening shows. It just seems like. Um, with the way that it opens with the lyrics, you know, please find your place, though the room grows scarce. Once we're all inside, the service can begin. It kind of seems like you're in like it always visualize him talking about like a cathedral or some sort of, you know, church service. And SPAC is almost like its own little theater cathedral concert venue type place with its with, you know, as different as the venue is and beautiful as it is inside. So I thought that that was a pretty good opener. Um, I know that we've talked about not being the biggest fans of it opening, um, especially when we've seen it a few times, but you know, it's, it's really not that bad. Not, a, not a bad way to kick off the spat. No, weekend. not at all. And I mean, I think we've said this before on here, but one of the better songs off big whiskey. And I mean, it, it's a good song. I like it back to the kind of middle Eastern vibes that the band seems to excel on I think one of the things that kind of hurts this song is the fact that it's played on uh the griffin that little red 12 string oh. guitar because of the other songs that are played on that guitar you get shotgun and <laughs> yes, idea of you good point I was wondering I mean, where you were going with that one gosh I just every time he brings it out I'm like please be shotgun please be shotgun and it never is so I know. Or wider Ooh. shade of pale. Wow. That would be quite the opener. <laughs> so ran I just <laughs> thought of that that he that played that. Actually I've seen that open a show, actually, West Palm Beach. It was oh, a yeah. uh, one of the two set shows. Anyways, go on. No, I just think, you know, it's it's like an immediate letdown when it's not one of those two songs being played on it. But but then it starts right. you get into it and you're like, Oh yeah, this is a great song. Yeah, agree. Agreed. Then you follow it up with probably what everyone was like why didn't this just open tripping billies uh strong yes. in the two slot absolutely they've been loving playing that early in shows and i love that as well whether it's an opener i think we saw one in the two slot or three slot um earlier this summer in jacksonville and yes it um it's a great way to start the show um or anytime that that's early it's fantastic and another great song that's played early and often i think it's been played later in the show a few times as well but stay or leave Ooh, yeah. and that is one of our all-time favorite songs and one from some devil that we never want to see fall out of full band rotation it is it's fantastic we both love the some devil album it is so good um specifically for me stay or leave and so damn lucky i know we, we wanted this played full band for so long and then when it finally was <laughs> we were like through the roof about it but they all just sound incredible mm -hmm. on it and then what like jeff adds to it that you don't have on the album version or the dave and friends versions is pretty awesome and 
I think we should play this. We haven't played it yet on the podcast yet. Uh, especially this this mix here on this tape. Shout out Zach Money. Uh, you can hear Dave's guitar really well. And one of the staples of the podcast is we love being able to hear Dave's guitar. So him being turned up and then his delivery and the energy that he brings, especially in the second half of the song, I know. I think that's your favorite part of the song too. Oh yeah, absolutely. He, you know, it's a crescendo of music and vocals, um, you know, instrument and vocals, and it you can't really do a much better job than this. And stay or leave, and the crowd gets into it, and it's one of the best sing-alongs at a DMB show. So why don't we go ahead and hit you with that? This is our first dip into the SPAC weekend with "Stay or Leave." And just hearing that again reminds me that I really wish the band would have continued to tap into some devil some more. Um, they brought some songs out and like, I think it was 2008. They started bringing some out um, and they brought a few more out a couple years down the road, but they just kind of stopped. And man, there was a few that I really wish Dodo um, too high trouble even you know, having Tim in the band, I just thought that they could play pretty much anything from this entire album, and that would have been cool. But uh, I remember we even had we even had a campaign. I mean, like it was a whole ants marching campaign for free Dodo. Dodo, and yeah, free Dodo and no Dodo. Um, ooh, even the song, the little song "Baby," that would have been a nice little Dave solo song, and. But anyways, um, uh, just kind of, it kind of hurts. It does hurt a little bit, but you know what doesn't ever hurt? Segways. Got a few segues after uh, Do You Remember, which followed up Stay or Leave, staying in that four slot. So after that, it's Satellite into Minarets into Crush. Ooh, I am l- liking this nice. trend of Minarets into Crush. What do you think, Bruce? 
Oh yeah. Um, minarets can go into just about anything from before these crowded streets. I saw a minarets into the stone to open a show in 2010. Um, but it, it is such a great song to segue into something. Cause it, it doesn't have an abrupt ending. Uh, you know, it kind of leads to being able to do something like that. And I agree. I mean, you segue minarets into crush and I'm hooked for those, whatever, 20, 25 minutes that they're about to get busy. Oh yeah. It's pretty cool the way they do it with Carter kind of, uh, fizzling out on the drums and then Tim doing some noodling and then boom, you go from satellite into minarets with Dave, uh, strumming with the muted guitar there. And then he has a pretty intense scat at the end of this version of minarets. And, uh, I think we should play it. it it's kind of hard to tell what exactly he's saying, but we, Bruce, I think you thought it was, he's like yelling, screaming from the minarets toward the end. Yeah. At some point, I think he does say that. Um, and it was, it was kind of cool. It was in a different um, intonation, I guess. It wasn't the same cadence as he'd say it in the song. Right. Um, but it seemed like he had some lyrics in there, uh, some scatting, just a lot of emotion. It was another full build, just like we were talking about with Stay or Leave. Um, it was vocally and musically built up to a nice crescendo. And like you said, yeah, segues right into Crush. So, yeah, let's let that scat rip or, you know, whatever we want to call the end of that song. I'm, I love the end of Minaret. So let's just go ahead and fire it up.
pretty cool then the minarets going into the stefan uh bass guitar solo intro to crush beautiful version of that one one of the parts that we've always loved uh, since Rashawn Ross joined the band is uh, that muted trumpet on Crush. And, ooh, he does some nice uh, jazzy things here at the start of the jam on this particular version. Oh, yes. Just one of my favorite things, um, actually, of improv that they do now um, is when Rashawn plays the muted trumpet and before he goes into those really blaring high notes. It's just... I really like the toned down version of jazz trumpet. I've always been a big fan of it um, ever since playing the trumpet for 10 or 12 years, whatever I did. But this one is definitely a standout version. And I actually got a text from one of my college roommates, Chad, shout out Chad again, um, that said, you know, basically, holy shit, like, Stefan, I mean, uh, Rashawn Solo and Crush, that was badass, you know, like, whatever he said, and, you know, I hadn't listened to it yet, he heard it on the Sirius XM stream, and um, I went back, and I was like, oh, okay, I think Chad was also a uh, trumpet player, so that would make sense that we would be drawn to that, but, yeah, I think we should go ahead and play some of that, let's enjoy uh, the real jazzy, muted trumpet style from Mr. Rashawn Ross.
That was sensual, Rasan. Thank you very much for that. And here in the show, this is a point where we have a monumental moment for the band. Um, they played You Might Die Trying for the 350th time. Let's give it up for them. That's 338 times full band, mind you. And Nolan, I mean, wow. Congratulations, I guess. What? 350 times? Jesus. The song has been yep. around since 2005. That song has been played nearly a year's worth. Like, yeah. Bruce, that is, uh, we were astounded when we saw this stat. If you compare it with other live stand-up songs, it's obviously the most played. Second is Bayou with 267 plays, which still a lot. Hello Again, which is our favorite song off of that album. 93 plays. Oh, man. Uh, wow. To go a little deeper into it, we started uh, looking at some more song stats. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to do an entire episode uh, dedicated to song stats uh, comparisons in the off season. But here's here's just a few right now. Bruce, I think you actually compiled these. Why don't you, why don't you tell the listeners uh, about, about <laughs> these right here? I did. A little bit of almanac reading and digging and tried to come up with something that would, you know, a combination of songs that I really like and that I have I knew had not been played a lot that would come close to maybe a total of 338 full band plays like You Might Die Trying just reached. Um, and so I took Spoon, Dreaming Tree, Last Stop, Kit Kat Jam, Busted Stuff, and number 34. Um, pretty Cool songs. I think most people like those, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, Spoon, 22 plays. Dreaming Tree, 93. Last Stop, 109. Kit Kat Jam, 28. Fun fact, I've seen the last three full band Kit Kat Jams. Two, Sans Lyrics. Um, Busted Stuff, 32 plays. And number 34 at 25 for a grand total of 309 full band plays. That is still a whopping 29 full band plays shy of You Might Die Trying. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> it's wild, man. I mean, it's that that was just crazy. So congratulations to You Might Die Trying for absolutely crushing our hearts yet again of all the songs that we are still clamoring to hear more of and making this extremely obvious that... Dave likes some songs and he doesn't like others as much. Yeah, and I'm gonna throw a few more stats at you. Some of our favorite songs that oh, bonus stats. We looked at Ants Marching and uh, DMB Almanac to come up with these. Shout out to them for always providing the best stats. The song "Stay," only one more full band play than "You Might Die Trying" at 3:39. That song has been around since 1998. Seven years on You Might Die Trying. Next up, Drive In, Drive Out, 333 full band plays. The Stone, a podcast favorite, 265. Lover Lay Down, From Under the Table and Dreaming, 238 plays. And finally, and this one hurts probably the most, Pig. It's only been played 196 times full band. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's brutal. We hate to- um, and and by all means, we are fans of "You Might Die Trying" yes. live. Um, it is a fun song. The band destroys it. Dave has a lot of good uh, versions of his scats or uh, vocal improv there at the end of "You Might Die Trying" versions. Tim has killed a bunch of them. Um, you know, we talked about Jeff and using his wah pedal on some of them in the past and uh, present versions. So it is by no means a shot at You Might Die Trying of being a poor song. It is just incredible that it has been played that many times in, you know, 14 years um, when compared to a lot of these other songs. I mean, somebody, I guess, tweeted it out or something. I don't know how we um, became aware of that, but when both of us saw that we were floored yeah i think we texted each other we were like oh did you see that i think it was on like the maybe the dmv society instagram we were both <laughs> like what there's no way there's no way oh yeah which is by the way a great instagram account y'all need to follow a uh, dmv society it's another one of the great ones absolutely and you know what don't want to sound like we're complaining too much because that's not what we like to do on the podcast, we save that for not on the podcast. But You Might Die Trying has, it has totally eclipsed what it was on the album. Like, on stand-up, it is not good. And, like, that first mm-hmm. maybe ye- couple years, definitely the first year they were playing it live in 05, I mean, not great. They have transformed that song in, into a monster. And uh, I think big credit to the horn mm-hmm. section for that. They they rock on that song absolutely and it reminds me um when steve lillywhite saw you might die trying live for the first time in 2012 he actually was like floored by the song loved it then went back he was either sent the album version or went back and listened to the album version and just could not believe it was the same song he was just flabbergasted that the song that was such a beast live was that anemic and not good in the studio. So shout out Steve Lillywhite. We'll have you on the show soon. Oh, now that would be awesome. Come on, Steve. (laughs) But speaking of awesome, we have a liberation here at the 12 slot with Joy Ride last played on August 30th of 2013. The hell? No, why has it been that long? brutal um but what i mean out of freaking nowhere absolutely out of left field have we both seen joyride bruce yes i saw it in 2013 um at that infamous uh, that famous uh camden night to 629 13 uh joyride was in there and it was good uh that's my only joyride i believe um, I got a tease at my first ever show. I think you saw it at your first ever show. I did, yeah. Got got it in 04, back when all those incredibly good 2004 songs were being played. And uh, tease in show number two and have not seen it since. So, I mean, love this song. I love the message Ooh. of the song, not to get too political on the pod, but written during a time during the war on terror, I guess uh, we can call it. I think this is some really good songwriting by Dave and pretty solid lyrics. And in this version, particularly, his voice sounds phenomenal. I actually got to hear this one on the SiriusXM stream, and it 
I don't know what it is, but his voice doesn't always sound that great on the uh, serious broadcast. I think it's just a whatever the input they're using to be able to produce this is just really, really raw. Um, and so some levels are a little bit off. I don't know what exactly it is. Um, but I was, like I said, floored that this song dropped and enjoyed listening to it. And I have not heard the taper pull. Why don't we go ahead and, uh, let me lose my virginity and hear the song here right now. Taper pull of Joyride. So hope you enjoy it.
sounded great. Uh, pretty cool that the crowd gets into it too with the woos since uh, that doesn't happen on Warehouse anymore. So kind of cool to see that tradition going on. Uh, kind of seemed like uh, Dave changed the lyrics a little bit. Um, used to be in part of the chorus, nothing's obscene if we only close our eyes. And I believe in this one he's saying, scene's kind of obscene if we always close our eyes. So seems like Dave has changed that a little bit. Still sounds great. Following this, we have a little bit of You and Me, followed by a song that Jane likes, Into Water, Into Wine. So we love that Jane into water, into wine is sticking around. And then after that, we have what, by all accounts, are is one of the biggest highlights of the night. Jimmy Thing, that's right. You heard us. Jimmy Thing. Because the band tried something new here. Oh, they played it. You better believe it. But thankfully, they tried something new here. So once they finish up the song, uh, they've been going into Fly Like an Eagle. This time, they go into Back in Black uh, with Tim obviously dominating and uh, sounding perfect on this ACDC cover with Dave singing the Bee Gees Staying Alive uh, lyrics over top which I thought was one of the cooler things this band has done recently. What do you think, Bruce? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's um, that's something that we, as longtime fans and as most longtime fans want to see, variety. Just something that's changing it up, something that you had no idea that was coming, way out of left field, kind of smacks you in the face and you know tells you what's up. And to kind of get the vibe of the crowd here, we had a write-in from Mr. Adam Hart, and here's what he had to say about this moment. Now, let's get down to business. When Jimmy started, I turned to my sister and said, glad we're getting out of this out of the way tonight. Nope. When I said Joyride brought the house down, this kicks back up to a gear I've never seen. It started off like any other Jimmy thing, and they pull out ACDC and the Bee Gees. People started freaking out, and I honestly don't think we knew what was happening or what to do with ourselves. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. I didn't know what to do listening to the stream. I was like, what? What Did, did I just change the channel on accident to, like, Lithium or one of the Hair Nation or just, like, some, <laughs> rock, some other rock channel? I don't really – what is going on here? And it was awesome. I mean, a little mashup there. I don't. When was the last time we've ever seen DMB do a covers mashup or a mashup in general like that? That's just not. It's not DMB, but this was awesome. Yeah, I'm not sure they've ever done a mashup like that before with Dave singing the lyrics to one song while the band's playing the uh, music to another. But holy cow, that sounded great. Maybe the closest thing is. Uh, the stairway with Watchtower, like maybe back in the day, yeah. but oh, that's a, actually <laughs> good point as far as uh, stairway with Watchtower because um, duh, but uh, that just completely eluded me. But yeah, I think other than interpolating other songs in their own songs or that stairway Watchtower, you know, just something like just out of nowhere where they take a cover song and then sing one over it, it just hasn't happened i it, it i was floored yeah i mean dave's done stuff where he'll sing lyrics over you know part of a jam in a song like i saw 
uh, Copper Pot posted a video the other day of him singing Willie Nelson's Always On My Mind over top of uh, the Line Our Graves Jam, which was pretty cool and yes. unique and in like the only time it's been done. Um, so always cool when the band does something like this. And on uh, the Almanac, it lists this as an apparent or coincidental nod to the 40th anniversary of Disco Demolition Night. And for those of you oh. who... <laughs> aren't baseball fans or baseball nerds like I am. Uh, it makes sense. Uh, several band members uh, went to a Chicago White Sox game um, that week. And so if you don't know anything about Disco Demolition Night, we'll explain it for you. Back in 1979, the White Sox, who are owned by Bill Veck, his son uh, was in charge of marketing for the team, Mike Veck, teamed up with Steve Dahl, who was a uh, disc jockey. Disco was on the way out, so they were trying to do a promotion in between a doubleheader to get young people there, saying, bring in your disco records, and we're going we're gonna to blow them up in the outfield in between games. <laughs> Discounted prices, come on in, we're going to blow them up. And sure enough, they did, and like all hell broke loose. During this, uh, fans running on the field, the uh, the fireworks like destroyed the field. It was unplayable. They could not play game two, and uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> pretty crazy. Uh, go on YouTube and search Disco Demolition Night, and it's it's pretty wild, pretty cool to see. Um, definitely a historic moment. Who knows if that's true or not? If the band heard about it while they were at. Comiskey Park or whatever it's called now, U.S. Cellular Field last week in Chicago. But pretty cool moment uh, for the band, especially at SPAC, and the crowd loved it. Yes, they did, and they popped, and the band popped. And we're just going to go ahead and play it for you if you haven't heard it already. And if you have, just go ahead and rock out to it one more time.
Oh man, I really hope that if they play Jimmy Thing in Charlotte, um, that that accompanies it. Um, I really hope that that's not a one timer, but maybe it is, and it'll be special for SPAC folks. But whatever, um, you know the they got to keep doing it. Out. They got to keep doing it. Oh, they they really do because they did an, a fantastic job with it. Yeah, and yeah, I think we we've had this conversation before where. If DMB just decided the hell with our own music, we're tired of playing it, they would be the world's greatest cover band. They are so good. And I think it helps because Dave's voice is so unique. Uh, mm-hmm. People with unique voices like him, Darius Rucker, Hootie and the Blowfish, does, they do some awesome covers. They really do. They have such a unique um, musicality and they just have so many. I mean, they have so many parts. There's two horns you know there's electric guitar acoustic guitar bass drum you know the keyboards that he can play any sort of sound on the keyboards and they have several good singers in the band they can play pretty much any song out there if they wanted to and um it doesn't bother me one bit if they want to take a stab at one here or there and um they nailed that one so that was pretty cool and uh as a set ends up they play Shake Me Every Day Into Ants, which um, probably be a good little sing, sing-along uh, one-two punch there to end the set. And then a little E1 Some Devil, um, Ooh. which is always kind of nice. Yeah. I feel like finally we're getting to talk about the Some Devil album and uh, the song on this show. So we'd like to see that more, especially in the E1 slot. That's perfect placement for it mid set would be cool too um kind of like what dave was doing with here on out earlier in the tour mm-hmm. was played there at the e1 slot three shows in a row so dave was obviously feeling it it would actually be cool if they went back to doing the full band uh version which i thought gosh what album was that on which live release 2007 maybe um compilation oh yeah i think it was on the bonus disc um from the 2007 tour there's a good shotgun on there too yeah uh when he he opens that one up and this is for my good friend trey anastasia amazing and oh yeah the band sounds so good on it and rashawn on the muted trumpet again that is that's an all-time i think dmb version of any song that they've played Yes, and I think that bonus disc also had the only good version of Stand Up ever, if I am uh <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, the one with Joe Lawler that we saw in I believe Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, um yeah. Uh so that nice little bonus disc there from 07. I'd completely forgotten about that. I need to go re-listen to that. And um to close out Spec Night One, I know we've waxed on and on and on. Uh, they close with Watchtower, as we talked about, you know, covers and cover mashups, you know, Watchtower with Stairway. Um, it's been a 2019 staple. It's closing a lot of shows. I really, really, really want to see Watchtower move in the set. I want it to go somewhere else, um, open a show. That that would be awesome. Um, oh, yeah. Jimmy Thing and Watchtower are two songs that I think should open shows and stop closing. Um but anyways, pretty solid uh, night one from SPAC. And now we're going to get into uh, some listener feedback from night one. And we had 
quite a few listeners reach out to us, and one of them is my uh, good buddy, Corey Rashkover. So Corey said that it is always good to be back at SPAC. The bottom line is regardless of set lists and how the band sounds, it's tough to be unhappy in Saratoga. Amen. I won't go through every single song, but as far as standouts, Minarets, the outro jam, always gets the crowd going. Well, good call. We're, we just played that. Obviously, Joyride, only second time heard from me in over 55 shows, the first time being SPAC in 2013. And it sounded extremely tight for Liberation. Agreed. And of course, the Back in Black, Staying Alive interpolation in Jimmy. It's been said over and over, but All on the Watchtower sounds great this year, and the Stairway interpolation is always welcome. I guess the best way to describe night one, particularly with respect to the set list, is to say I left satisfied. There were a ton of songs that I, and I feel confident saying most fans, wanted to hear that were left on the table for night two. Stone, JTR, Recently, Two-Step, Best of What's Around, etc. My crew heads into night two excited for the potential. Thanks for reaching out, Corey, and I'm glad you had a solid night one and you had an even better night two. Um, I'm sorry that I can't hang out with you at the Gorge this year. And um, Nolan, I think that you have uh, some from Mr. Jason Palmer yet again about night one. Yeah, Jason Palmer writes in second time at SPAC, first time with seats. For those that have not been, SPAC is a beautiful amphitheater, and the acoustics are awesome. The lawn is huge but crazy. In my opinion, this is a venue where you have to buy a seat inside the theater, and they are really hard to come by. I know I said the same thing about Deer Creek and Alpine, but the band really does have a special energy at SPAC, and it shows. They really enjoy playing this venue. They sounded great from top to finish, and I didn't notice any sound issues this show. The set list, though, was shockingly mediocre. I don't think calling the show mediocre would be a surprise to anyone who attended or listened on the radio. It wasn't a bad show, but for me, it wasn't great, and it wasn't what I expected for this venue. There were definitely some great moments. Joyride was so much fun. The Jimmy Thing outro slash back in black, staying alive, Steve Miller thing was really cool. It wasn't perfect, but it was fun to see the band stretch things a little. The outro on Minarets was sick, but he was amazing on Every Day again. Jeff had a great show, and Stefan was having a ton of fun. His intro to Crush is pretty sweet. So, wow. That's uh, kind of two different reviews there, Bruce. And uh, obviously we weren't there, but I guess you could call Night One mediocre if you're comparing it to Night Two. Yeah, I would hesitate to call it um, mediocre. Um, it was fairly standard. I think, again, like we talked about for the other two shows, it was fairly standard. But you get that Joyride Liberation. Um, you get the Back in Black Stand Alive like we talked about. And some other, you know, some other highlights there. And, you know, I think that we listened to a lot of good stuff there for night one. And I would be, you know, if I would have been there, I would have absolutely had high expectations for night two after night one with a lot of stuff like Corey said left on the table sure. i also wanted to mention before i forget that we heard from the jeremy lloyd on instagram he sent in a nice lengthy review of night one as well and um as we mentioned before adam hart we also had several others reach out um just in comments or giving us their you know 
their impressions from night one on Instagram. And you can check out those comments at Gray Street Pod on Instagram. But anyways, that leads us into SPAC night two. But before we dive in, there's one small caveat. There's no tape here for night two out yet. And so we have not heard any of this show um, besides some of the Instagram videos or whatnot that are out there, but we don't really have any source for this. Um, so <clears throat> I don't really know what the standouts are musically and we can't play any music for you guys. So just we'll start SPAC night two off with a bang. And with all of that said, Nolan, how was night two? Well, just by being those guys who look at the set list looked pretty awesome. Like you said, we don't have a tape. Uh, we waited literally as long as we could before we decided we just got to move on and start getting ready for Charlotte. We've got a Bayou opener here, only the second Bayou opener since 2013. Uh, so that's fairly Ooh. unique there, Bruce. Yeah, I like uh, the song Louisiana Bayou. Um, I've seen it open twice, maybe, at least once. Um I guess only once since you the way you just phrased that. Yeah, it would make sense that it was only once in 2013, I think. Um, and it's it's fun. Right now, Buddy's killing it. So that's a good way to get the crowd amped up, the whole band amped up. Um, and I know some people may disagree with me there, but I think it's a fine opener. Yeah, that's a good song. I think it's one of those where we, I feel like all of us have who travel a lot and go to a lot of shows, like more than – a normal fan uh probably seen it a ton of times especially those first couple years um so definitely had a little bit of fatigue with that song but then went on a bit of a hiatus so i mean they jam really hard on that one it'd be, it'd be a pretty cool opener to see and then they uh they nix the so much to say and just go anyone seen the bridge into too much that's pretty cool they love playing that at the beginning of toward the beginning of shows lately yeah, that and what would you say as well. Um, but then they go on a little run of songs that haven't really been played a whole lot this year, which is pretty cool. Um, eight of the next ten actually have single-digit plays for the tour, which is something that's right up our alley. We talk about it all the time on this show. Variety, baby. And and they gave it to us right here with some idea view, Lover Laid Down, Pig, Say goodbye. I mean, just a plethora of songs that through this little run here that haven't been played much, which is awesome. A lot of these songs, I mean, I'd be thrilled to see this. It's a great middle of the set run here, um, assuming it sounded good, but we don't know that, but I'm sure it did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially, I mean, Pig, third time it was played all year. Say goodbye just the second time. We love those podcast favorites. Yeah, we do love Say Goodbye, and they almost had the 41 into Say Goodbye segue there. Just had to bridge it with a little Free the Beast inside of me. Can't stop BK Wappa, Brendan, <laughs> his favorite. Um, they just, they can't stop. They literally can't stop with that song, and I guess we just, you know, whatever. But if you want to, when you do finally get the tape of this show, if you want to have the 41 into Say Goodbye segue, just... Just delete, can't stop. It's okay. We won't tell anybody. We'll tell everybody so that that becomes a thing. 41 and to say goodbye. We want it. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, then next you get the uh, acoustic kill the preacher uh, into Grace is Gone. The first time that has ever happened. Pretty cool there. That's pretty cool. And then you go a little back-to-back Lily White Sessions action for you. Grace is Gone, and, and then JTR. Ooh, a SPAC special. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> the Saturday Night SPAC special. I love it. I mean... Oh, I really hope JT, JTR and Charlotte Dave. We've been talking about it for weeks. Please, please, that would be that would be awesome. I still I've only seen that song once. I think you've only seen it once, maybe twice. I've seen it once, and no one has seen it enough. No one has seen yes. it enough. There's just no way. JTR has only been played 128 times ever. Mm. And mm. I, back to back to our numbers game yes and the one time i saw it was in charlotte back in 2006 into ants marching which was pretty sweet Ooh, yeah that is pretty awesome um maybe that's a good omen for us i think it is good and another good omen is this number 40 that popped up here at the end of the set it's a partial so it didn't even get a tour debut status but Dave even had it written on the set list in little brackets, you know, a little 40 as if he knew he was going to do a little partial 40. And there he gave Spack a verse of 40. Um, that is the place for 40 for some reason. Um, I don't know if it has something to do. Maybe he wrote it there way back in the day. Uh, I don't know. I don't know enough of the history of number 40 to um, to comment there, but it has a special place in there in saratoga and we'd love to play it for you right here but um we can't that's makes me sad it does but um you know we know tapers that y'all have busy lives and it's tough i think there's only one uh spac night one tape out there and luckily we're using that one and then um there's going to be a night too it just maybe later on this week um and it's just it just is what it is. So when the tape does come out, go listen to for the uh, little partial 40. Absolutely. And then we have uh, the encore with some interesting choices on the set list. It said either Boa or Sledge. And Bruce, what do you think Dave went with? Well, I mean, we all know he would go with a better song, which is the best of what's around, right? <clears throat> Sledge. Oh. Dave loves so bad at this Sledge, game. this tour, the past two years, 46 plays in less than two years with Buddy Strong. He's loving it. The band's loving it. Um, Buddy's loving it. And the crowd is loving it, too. Um, it gets one of the bigger cheers at each show all night long, apparently. So um, they're going to keep playing that. So they did not play the best of what's around, but they did play a little partial Blue Water. Um, not with the baboon farm part, obviously, but uh, a little partial Blue Water there by Dave. Um, there's a couple of videos, I think, from Periscopes or um, just you know people taking videos out there. So if you want to listen to that, search uh, YouTube, or maybe it'll be on your Instagram feed. Uh, maybe you've heard it already, but, um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, just, you know, that was not on the set list, you know, unlike number 40, which is, uh, that's awesome. Dave just throwing a little blue water. I think he did it last night as well at the, at the, uh, solo show. Yeah. And we've seen a couple of blue water 
uh, partials ourselves and freaked out when we saw it. Pretty cool that they're bringing songs back from way back in the day. And, uh, you know, after that, they finished the show with a little Penn, Talanaga, Pampa, into Rapunzel to to close out SPAC weekend in a, on a pretty high note. Um, yeah, I'd say so. And just to jump back to Blue Water real quick, I hope one day they're able to do a full version of this just with that kind of like a dark jam. I know that violin played a big uh, part in that back in the day, but it would be awesome if that somehow returned to a full thing and not just the little partial versions that we've gotten for years and years. Um, but uh, Nolan, you had a couple of little stats and tidbits for us Um about the SPAC weekend. Why don't you go ahead and give those to the lovely people? Yeah, this is a stat show today. Hope all you nerds like it. Uh, <laughs> this is the first year DMB played SPAC, and at least one of these songs wasn't played, dating all the way back to 1994. The Stone, Lie in Our Graves, and Two Step. So, oh, that's a bummer, I guess. But also, it sounds like SPAC people are greedy, so... Don't complain. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't been, so I don't know like what the fuss is about, but that's the first year you haven't gotten one of those songs. Boo boo-hoo. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that when I went in 2012 that I got all three of those songs. Let me continue to talk as I actually look up the set list on the Almanac and make sure that I'm correct. Um, I got all three of those in 2012. Stone, Lion Our Graves, and Two Step, with Lion Our Graves being night one and Stone and Two Step being night two. Uh, I also got a partial 40 and a Halloween into Billy's Encore night one. Wow, but did you hear Die Trying? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yes, second song, night two. No, no way. <laughs> Yeah, right after Ahi. Mm. Yep, but back into SPAC Night 2 2019, we've got some more listener feedback. And we got quite a few this for this one. And we're going to start it off with Mr. Corey Rashkover. What's up, dude? He says that there were audible groans in my section when Louisiana Bayou opened. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, SPAC folks, jeez. Those quickly faded away, though, once once the outro jam kicked in. The reality is, many of the people who come to SPAC travel from far and wide and have seen plenty of shows already this summer. So when you think of what you want to hear at SPAC, the 15th rendition this tour of Bayou doesn't exactly come to mind. Ooh, okay. Ouch. The remainder of the show was really well done, but a few songs stand out that really broke up the flow and sucked the energy out of the crowd. Can't stop, again and again, and here on out. Unfortunately, this has become expected. Highlights included JTR, Say Goodbye. Not sure why they didn't just segue and 41 into Say Goodbye. It's almost like they are just playing with us and had to stick Can't Stop in there. Also Pig. 40 and Blue Water are always welcome, but why not just play them in full? For those that did not see the set list, Sledgehammer was played over Best of What's Around. While Sledge sounded great and really got the crowd going, everyone I chatted with after the show all agreed that Best of What's Around would have been their preferred choice. It's obvious, though, that the band loves playing Sledgehammer, and the crowd really enjoyed it. The energy at SPAC is really unbeatable, and I had a great time, but I can't help but leave the shows with a little sour taste in my mouth, knowing the following were played at SPAC. Squirm, Die Trying, Samurai Cop, 
funny the way it is. You and me, shake me like a monkey. Louisiana Bayou, lie in the hands of God. Again and again, can't stop in Sledgehammer. And these were not played at SPAC. Recently, Big Ad Fish, Bartender, Stone, You Never Know, Warehouse, Best of What's Around, Two-Step, Liar in Our Graves, Halloween, Typical Situation, and Raven. Well... I mean, can't really argue with you there, Corey, about uh, some of the songs that were left off. Um, but, you know, some of the songs that um, a lot of people may not want to hear could be someone else's favorite song. So I guess Ooh. that's just kind of how it works. And um, I'm sorry that uh, Bayou and Can't Stop and some of the other songs kind of suck the energy out for you and others. And the audible groans. Oof. Man, that's uh, that's never fun to hear at a show. Never fun. Let's see if our second uh, reviewer had a better time. Stephen Wilson, a.k.a. Crazy Easy Bartender. Ooh, love both of those songs. He says, Spack Night 2 was everything a veteran fan could have wanted. I'm a fan of Bayou and thought it was a great way to get the night started. An early bridge into too much kept the momentum going. Idea of you, Lover Lay Down, and Pig are the stuff that dreams are made of. The dream continued on the 12-string once those first notes of JTR were strummed. We can't forget about Grace is Gone, which saw I kill the preacher tease on a non-electric guitar. That was a fun twist. Say Goodbye, which Dave rightfully said was not a good idea after finishing the song, was relaxing yet muscular. Okay. Cue the office memes, deep tracks only, because number 40 partial and blue water partial were the icing on the cake for me. The show was crafted so well with great waves of energy that I didn't even mind the stay closer. It had been seven years since I'd gone to SPAC, and it's always a treat. Boom. Thank you very much, Mr. Stephen Wilson. Great to hear from you. And another person is great to hear from, as always, is Jason Palmer. And he states that what night one lacked in a flow or build with the music, night two crushed it. The only dips in energy came six songs in with Lover Lay Down and then Lion in the Head. Hold on a second, Jason Palmer. Dips in energy, Lover Lay Down. Are you just saying that because it's a quiet song or do you not like it? Because if you don't like it, we may have to step outside. Anyways, after that, Pig kicked it up again. Again and again was pretty rocking, and it just kept going from there. I heard several people talking before the show, and they were chasing say goodbye, so lots of happy people after the show for that one. Grace is Gone is about as perfect a song as you can get for me, so I love hearing that. JTR, Kill the Preacher, and number 40, The Place Went Bananas. Sledgehammer in the E2 spot was, well, I think he meant to say E1. E1 spot was unexpected and a great spot for it. In all, night two is why people make the trek to SPAC. Well said, JP. Next up, Adam Hart. And lastly, kudos to Dave for getting that little girl on stage. She was right to my left on the rail, and it was a satisfying, sweet moment to see. You can also see me in the background in the picture Jeff posted, which is cool as hell. The couple that, quote-unquote, won the pit lottery and got their number drawn to be first in line also got married this morning, too. So congratulations to them. Wow. A lot of stuff happened in there for Adam Hart. A lot of the people around him having a lot of very fantastic life moments there. Um, And thanks to everyone for sending that stuff in. Nolan, that was kind of cool, just kind of seeing the different takes, um, how they viewed some of the songs, some of the spots in the show, the show overall, and especially the, uh, the opener by you you know it seemed like Corey was not as uh hip to it and some of the people in his section were not and others loved it 
Yeah, I mean, I guess the band has a few polarizing songs, but uh, to each your to each their own. Uh, I feel like our thoughts kind of line up with a combination of all of these reviews. And that wraps up SPAC Night 2 and the entire SPAC Weekend. So hopefully if you attended, you had a blast just like many seem to have. And we're obviously jealous. So Nolan, let's um, let's go ahead and move on. We have a few miscellaneous things just to talk about real quick. Uh, Dave played a solo show um, July 15th in Tennessee at Blackberry Farm. Go check out the set list for this one. Pretty unique. Uh, we have always wanted to see Dave solo and are jealous of the people that were there. Uh, mm. We watched uh, Rob's Instagram Live version of Virginia in the Rain. Uh, pretty cool to see Dave turn that from full band song on keys to Dave and Tim, and then like a Dave and Tim kind of different version from the original Dave and Tim version, and now solo. I think we'd like to see a full band. Yeah, I mean, this is... This is a sweet set list. Um, I do realize that the people in attendance paid a pretty penny to be able to see this, but um, you know they got their money's worth, I think. And Virginia in the Rain lately, Dave Solo now, and Dave and Tim has been really cool, a really unique adaptation of the song um, with Dave being on guitar as opposed to the keyboards or whatever. Um, and it's been really cool. I do, like you said, I do wish that that would come back full band. I think that that's something that um, should be played from the Come Tomorrow album. Um, but, you know, what can you do? This would be a great mid-set solo or E1 solo slot, too, if Dave wanted to change it up. I mean, I'd, I'd yeah, I would love to hear that. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, if he wanted to change up some of the solo songs, throw in some of these. I mean... He just does a fantastic job with them. We got Sweet in here that was played on six string and not the... Uh, ukulele. Ukulele. Wow. I just completely brain farted. Not the uke. Um, Alligator Pie, Dave Solo, which is awesome. Um, I've always wanted Little Red Bird to show back up. Um, Dave yep. Solo. And just just a bunch of good stuff. Nancy's Loving Wings hasn't been played this year. Um, two step in there, come tomorrow, closer, and then blue water into ants encore. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and then they finish it up with I'll back you up. Only the second time it's been played since twenty fifteen, and the other was Dave and Tim. So Dave oh. kinda showing some variety with this solo show. Pretty cool. Dude, it's awesome. Like that that entire encore is so cool. Blue water tease, first verse into ants marching. Mm. Watchtower, and then I'll back you up. I'll back you up. Just the night closer. That is so. That is so like 1992 or 1993 to me. That is yes. so awesome. Yeah, love that. What what a, what a cool night to have there. Um, seeing Dave solo, and I'm sure the um people that had paid to have that experience had a great. Great experience. It seemed like uh, from Rob's video that it was a nice crowd in a nice little small amphitheater. And what a treat to have on a little Monday night. All right. And as the podcast winds down, we're going to take a look at the uh, shows coming up this week. The band heads to New York where they'll play Jones Beach on Wednesday and then move to Charlotte on Friday. A hometown show, kind of, for us. Home Ooh. state show. Uh 
and then Bristow on Saturday for the live stream. But man, Charlotte, we love going to shows in Charlotte. They, I think the band loves going to shows in Charlotte. Maybe we'll get there. I think so too. Yeah. Maybe we'll get there early enough to get a poster. What do you think, Bruce? Um, depends on what they look like, I guess. Um, <laughs> this is a topic that is uh, very interesting lately as poster prices have now jumped to $60, it seems. This is something we wanted to bring up and highlight because we've been getting um, some feedback about posters jumping all of a sudden from 50 to 60 bucks. And I remember when they were 25 or 30, uh, Nolan, what would the poster have to be for you to drop 60 damn dollars on it? Autographed by the band. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, but for real, it's getting a little absurd. 60 bucks is, I mean, that's outrageous. Like, Back when we started going, it's more there, than a lawn ticket, thirty. It is, yeah, it's more than a lawn ticket. What? It, I don't, I don't get that at all. Uh, I did buy a poster this year. Having said that, uh, in Pensacola, um, which I think is one of two good posters that have come out this year. Um, that one Ooh, and wow. the Bethel poster were pretty sweet. Um, but I think, I think in Pensacola it was either forty or maybe fifty. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a standard price, and it, yeah, it may have been forty. I don't remember, but um, regardless, yeah, it's been it's been teetering on a little line, if you ask me. And that line is potentially uh, a little greedy. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but maybe someone um, that is setting these poster prices is it more so the artists or is it the uh is it band management or merchandise or whatever maybe someone can reach out and let us know why just mid-tour they jumped prices that's um unheard of in my opinion um and just a little absurd but whatever regardless charlotte north carolina we will be there nolan yeah. and i are going to be in the lots pre-show recording we're going to record something i don't know what we're going to talk about we're going to be there with some friends and um hopefully some of you guys if y'all are going to charlotte and you want to meet up you want to be a part of the podcast you want to be just share some beers with us um let us know drop us a line and you know on instagram email just something i know a lot of people have reached out already on antsmarching.org um, and told us that they'd like to join up and a few others outside of there as well. So we'll see what happens. And we are really excited. Um, you know, set list be damned. We are going to have a blast in Charlotte on Friday. Yeah, it's a big, big step for the podcast doing, uh, recording it from the lots, uh, potentially inside. I don't know. Maybe we can do some like immediate reactions following a song. Who knows? Um, but Got some oh, cool that's ideas. A decent idea. Look, decent. How dare right you? It's hat. a great idea. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna be doing some new things. Hopefully, some you know, man on the street type interviews in the lots, and uh, exactly. you know, yeah, we'd love to talk to you all. We'd also love to spread the word of our podcast. We'll be wearing our brand new corner of Grace Street podcast T-shirts. So. You know our logo. (laughs) We are those guys. We're those guys. No shame. We are trying to uh, get this podcast out there 
to everyone. So if you see us walking around, feel free to stop us, wave, talk to us, get you on the pod. Unless they're playing the stone and then leave us alone. Yeah. No, don't bother starting the show. How dare you? <laughs> uh, but but no, seriously, we do love meeting. We will, lo- we will love meeting any and all of you, um, and we love hearing from you. So just another reminder, if you're going to any of these upcoming shows tomorrow in Jones Beach, um, Charlotte, even Charlotte, if you want to, we're going to be there. But if you want to send us something about Charlotte, uh, feel free. And Bristow, um, if you want us just a brief synopsis of the show, your experience at the show, um, like you know, any standout performances, etc. Or an audio um, recording. You know, yeah, just send us a one or two paragraph written review, a 60 second or less audio recording if you like. We'd love to hear your voices. Um, and just send them on over to graystreetpod at gmail.com. And with that, Nolan, let's close this out, my man. Tell us where everyone can find us on social media. Oh, you can find us on Instagram at graystreetpod as well as Twitter, same handle, Facebook page. We are the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. And be sure to listen to us, download our podcast, rate, review five stars please if you like us if you don't you don't have to rate us uh but (laughs) (laughs) just if if you have an issue with something on the pod just just email us or reach out to us somewhere and tell us what the issue is we'd love to clean it up and you know we're again we're just starting this is episode six we're gonna try to get better for you guys every week there's been feedback positive and a few suggestions and we're trying to take some of that to heart as well and to be able to improve every single week so yes absolutely subscribe rate review um apple Podcasts, overcast spotify google play stitcher tune in radio um i guess that's that's about it um i don't yeah just wherever, wherever you find your podcasts find your podcast subscribe and download and uh hopefully we're closing in on three thousand unique downloads so let's let's get to that asap Exactly. I mean, that would be it would be awesome if we could somehow get to four thousand before Charlotte. Ooh. I submit the challenge to all of you. Challenge accepted. <laughs> but thanks, thanks again, everybody, for listening. I uh, hope everyone enjoys the shows that they are attending, listening to on SiriusXM with the Charlotte Show, or watching on live stream with the Bristow Show this week. And we'll see some of you in Charlotte on Friday. And the rest of you next week on the corner of Gray Street.
Hey, music fans. We wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. Enjoy.